There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. Where was Jesus during his hidden years from the age of 12 to the age of 30? A lot of speculation, a lot of different narratives have emerged through the centuries and millennia concerning that very important question. Because where he was and what he did implies a lot concerning what his doctrine was and who he really was. So let's dig into it. As a yoga teacher back in 1970, I, along with many of my peers, taught a view that is popular among New Agers and people who are advocates of a Far Eastern worldview, a yogic worldview, that Jesus was in India and that he was studying under various swamis and gurus in order to awaken his Christ nature. Where did we get that kind of idea? Well, there's four main sources, and we're going to cover each one of them and then talk about whether or not there's any validity to those ideas. First of all, Edgar Cayce promoted that idea heavily. Edgar Cayce was a clairvoyant and a psychic who lived from 1877 to 1945. He was very well known then. He's still well known now, and his headquarters is in Virginia Beach, Virginia. He taught that Jesus was discipled by an Essene teacher named Judy, and she instructed him to travel to Persia and India in order to learn astrology and other yogic and spiritual disciplines. And uh, that's uh, a dominant belief among New Agers that Casey was correct. However, it's highly unlikely because the Essenes traditionally did not believe that a woman could fill that kind of prophetic teaching role. Now, Edgar Casey would go into these self-induced hypnotic trances and give readings, and give various uh, psychic insights. And that's when he claimed to penetrate something called the Akashic Records. I'll get to that in just a moment, where he drew this information from. And also, another individual claimed the same thing. His name is Levi Dowling, or some pronounce his name Levi Dowling, He was the author of The Aquarian Gospel, which was published in 1908. It's a very popular book among New Agers and people who are advocates of yoga. And it promotes the idea, of course, the word Aquarian is a reference to the age of Aquarius, which supposedly we are coming into. Uh, It is an astrological age. Among 12 houses that supposedly the sun passes through in its journey around the earth, (laughs) which is not 
the proper or correct view of the order of the solar system, but astrology was based on a Ptolemaic view of the solar system, that the earth is at the center and the sun revolves around the earth. But anyway, supposedly we are in uh, an age right now of knowledge, an age of scientific advancement, and we are about to pass out of the Piscean age into the age of Aquarius, which is supposed to be an age of spiritual enlightenment on the planet where all the inhabitants of this world are awakened to their Christ nature, their God nature. And the Aquarian gospel is all about how Jesus paved the way for that to take place and how he was a precursor of what's going to happen in a very global way. Now, Levi Dowling, who wrote the Aquarian Gospel, claimed that an Indian prince named Ravana obtained permission from Jesus's parents to take him to India in order to learn from the wisdom of the sages, the yogis and swamis. And Dowling offers that Jesus studied under the Brahmic masters for a season and then went on to Benares of the Ganges, where he was mentored by Hindu healers who taught him their art. And then he went on to Tibet. And finally, he journeyed to Egypt, where he allegedly became part of a secret brotherhood in Heliopolis in Egypt. There he advanced supposedly through seven degrees of initiation to become the Christ. Well, my first response to that would be this, that he never became the Christ. He was always the Christ from the time he was born. Unto you is born in the city of David this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. That's what the angels announced. Now, what's very curious about these two references, these two sources, Levi Dowling and Edgar Cayce, both of them claim to access the Akashic records to get this information. What are the Akashic records? Supposedly, that's a field of knowledge in an astral plane around the earth that contains a complete record of all human activity, and some say even all the thoughts of all human beings that have ever lived, all the actions of all human beings that have ever lived. It's like a huge astral library. And they claim to draw this information about Jesus' hidden years from the Akashic records. However, their insights contradict each other. Edgar Cayce said it was Judy, and Levi Dowling said it was a prince, an Indian prince named Ravana that obtained permission from Jesus' parents. Well, if they both access the same source, which is supposed to be irrefutably true, why did their accounts contradict each other? I think that in itself should make us question should make anyone, even a person who doesn't necessarily respect the biblical point of view, still, that's enough to question the narrative. Now, the Akashic records, occultists teach, can be accessed through something called the pathway prayer. 
Others say there's other means of accessing it, but typically it's accessed through something called the pathway prayer. And the prayer is supposedly a vibrational frequency composed of specific sounds that allow you entrance. Now, I don't believe there's such a thing. I do not believe that you can access this supposed field of knowledge. But I do believe that I serve a God who is very well aware of the historical things that have taken place over the thousands of years of our past, the past history of this world. And if there's any information we need to know, it can be transferred to us by him. Otherwise, accessing that information is wishful thinking. Now, there's another story that might surprise you that was very, very popular for centuries, and that's the idea that Jesus, in his childhood, after the age of 12, actually visited Britain. And it was popularized for a long time that his uncle was Joseph of Arimathea, who was a rich man, but it it also expanded on Joseph's identity and said that he was um, a manufacturer of tin products, and he would go to Britain to obtain the tin, and he took Jesus with him. And it has been included in so many books and so many sources that it's become uh, almost traditional in England to believe that at one point Jesus did visit that place. And in fact, by the 15th century, Glastonbury in Somerset was touted as being the birthplace of British Christianity. Can you imagine that? Joseph was believed to have erected the first church there when he came back later on after Jesus death and resurrection. And there was also an account of Joseph of Arimathea visiting Glastonbury with Jesus as a child, so much so it was so widely believed that the popular English poet William Blake composed a poem about it. And one line in the poem goes like this, and did those feet in ancient time walk upon England's mountains green and was the Lamb of God on England's pleasant pastures seen? What do I think about that? If it's not in the Bible, it has a possibility of being true, but I don't think it is likely a true story. Now, here's another source of the idea that Jesus went to India that was very popular for quite a long time. In 1894, a controversial book called The Unknown Life of Jesus Christ was written by a Russian-born resident of Paris named Nicholas Nadovich. And the work made the astonishing claim that during Jesus' lost years or hidden years, he visited India. Now, a little bit different idea that he trained as a Buddhist monk, which is utter absurdity to me now, because Buddhism at its base is atheistic, and Jesus was anything but atheistic. 
His whole ministry was talking about the Father. Over 200 times he mentions that the that uh, name for God is given in the New Testament and much of it in the teachings of Jesus. But anyway, in the book, Nadovich told the story of his visit to India, that Nadovich actually went to India and uh, seven years prior to writing the book, and he had supposedly photographs of people and places he encountered, and then he broke his leg, and he had to convalesce in a monastery in the highlands of Ladakh, India. And so, apparently, he, uh, he discovered some information while he was recovering from that broken leg in that monastery that indicated Jesus had been to India. And let me read it here. It was written in the language. He found a book. Supposedly he found this big ancient book and the leaves of the pages were almost crumbling. And it was written in the language of Pali in two big volumes in cardboard covers. And it was yellowed because of the lapse of time. And the text described the travels and study and studies in India of a man called Issa, I-S-S-A. Now, that throws a red flag up to me immediately because Isa is the Arabic name for Jesus, not a Sanskrit reference to him, not a Hindu reference to him, but an Arabic reference to him. But anyway, this man named Isa was traveling through the Far East, and supposedly it, the document was titled The Life of St. Isa, The Best of the Sons of Men. And according to the text, Jesus left Judea at the age of 13, set out on this epic journey of self-enlightenment through studying other religions. I don't believe he had to study other religions. He was the word that was in the beginning with God and was God, and the same was made flesh and walked among us, but he was the embodiment of the complete word of God. He didn't have to study religion in order to discover truth. He was the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to God but by me. But anyway, according to this book, uh, Nadovich wrote that Jesus crossed the Punjab and reached Puri Jagannath, where he studied the Vedas, which are ancient Indian uh, sacred texts, the Vedas, V-E-D-A-S. And he studied under Brahmin priests. And he spent six years in Puri and Rajgir near Nalanda, which are locations in India, the ancient seat of Hindu learning. Then he went to the Himalayas and spent time in Tibetan monasteries studying Buddhism and through Persia and returned to Judea at the age of 29. Now, is that fake news? <laughs> is that fake or fact? That's a big question. Well, at the time of Nadovich's book, which incidentally became a global sensation and was translated into a number of languages, um, more than a century and a quarter later, uh, people discounted it altogether because some contemporaries in that day rose up and refuted everything that Nadovich claimed. And let me mention who they were. 
a German-born philologist, and a philologist is someone who studies literature, a man named Max Müller, stated at the time that either the monks in the monastery played a huge joke on Nadovich or he fabricated the story altogether because Muller wrote to the head lama of the monastery where Nadovich alleged that he stayed after his injury and he got a reply back that there had been no Western visitors to that monastery in 15 years and that there were no ancient documents about a saint Isa there. Also, a man named J. Archibald Douglas, who was a professor of English and history at the government college in Agra, India. He was in India. He actually visited the monastery, interviewed the head lama, who stated definitely that Nadovich had never been there. And so, Nadovich's popularity soared and then crashed because Mueller and Douglas refuted what he taught. And they even talked about writing a book together called Jesus Did Not Live in India. So that idea was finally labeled a fabrication, a story that was a fabrication. Although many people hung on to it and claimed that the Vatican was hiding the information so that it would not be publicly known because it would take away from their narrative. So anyway, rumors, 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 right? What about the Bible? What does the Bible say? Let's get to that, and then I'm going to close. There are a few references that tend to let us know with a a certain amount of assurance what Jesus did during those 18 years, nearly two decades. How mysterious it is that the Bible is silent, but most likely the Bible is silent because nothing of importance happened during those years that would add to the gospel. But here, when Jesus was 12 years old. If you remember in the Gospel of Luke, it talks about how they went to Jerusalem in order to celebrate one of the Jewish feasts. And on their way back, they figured out that Jesus was missing from their company. He was not in the caravan. So they went back to Jerusalem and they found him discussing the Torah with the religious leaders there in the temple. At the age of 12, he's got this incredible genius about him where he can converse with the most knowledgeable men of his era concerning the revelation contained in the Old Testament. And when they found him and and were disturbed over having lost track of him, The Bible said he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. You can see that in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 51. Now that seems very plain, that he went with them to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Most likely, he hid a very hidden life, possibly working in carpentry with Joseph, as tradition teaches. Years later, when Jesus announced his ministry in Nazareth at the age of 30, he stood up in the synagogue and quoted from Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me 
because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then after he made this announcement and said, this day these words are fulfilled in your ears, the Bible says that the awed listeners marveled at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, is this not Joseph's son? Now, it said, as his custom was, that's what the Bible says, that as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, the Shabbat, and stood up to read. So, that didn't mean he'd been doing it for a few months after he got back from India. It implies a lifelong pattern in his, in his way of worshiping on the Shabbat. Well, that could be questioned by people that hold to the New Age point of view. However, I have one last quote I'm going to share with you that I believe pulls the rug out from underneath that idea that Jesus went to India. Because those are the only two references we've got. And that's, again, in Luke chapter 2 and Luke chapter 4, verse 16 and verse 22. But here's the quote that I believe puts the nail in the coffin of that idea that Jesus studied in India. A man named Ron Rhodes wrote a fantastic book that I studied many years ago called The Counterfeit Christ of the New Age Movement. Ron Rhodes. And he said, among those who became angriest at Jesus were the Jewish leaders. They accused him of many offenses, including breaking the Sabbath, blasphemy for claiming he was the Son of God, and doing miracles by Satan's power. But they never accused him of teaching or practicing anything learned in the East. The Jews considered such teaching and practices to be idolatry and sorcery because Hindus believe in countless millions of gods. Had Jesus actually gone to India, Ron Rhodes says, to study under the great Buddhas, this would have been excellent grounds for discrediting and disqualifying him regarding his claim to be the promised Jewish Messiah. If the Jewish leaders could have accused Jesus of this, they certainly would have. And yet, you don't find one account where they use that to accuse him and to take away from his claim of being the Messiah. I believe we just put to rest that idea that Jesus went to India during his hidden years. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.